Vampires. Whiskey. Attractiveness. Does it make you pretty when you drink it? What if you're already pretty? This is all good stuff that you're wasting because I'm not recording yet. Stop talking. It's okay, I'm recording. Okay, good. Ooh Oh my gosh. Important (laughs) update. I got this in my email. There's a certain whiskey that's on pre-order right now, and it's a brother's bond. Gimme, 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 gimme. Which brothers? The hot ones. The hot hot ones. That one really hot one, and then that other one that is also hot, but doesn't hurt to look at as much. It's the brothers. The which brothers? Them hot vampire brothers. Ooh, I love those. Ooh, Damon and Stefan. They emailed you personally? Yes. Mm -hmm. It it says at the bottom, does it say from, from... Paul and Ian. That's yeah. not their real. That's not their vampire names, James. It's, no, I know, but it's not the vampires who are making the whiskey. It's the boys who played the vampires. Who I don't are making believe the that because it's called Brothers Bond in real life. They are not brothers. True. Yeah. Yeah. I have facts. I mean, I also refuse to believe that Ian Summerhelder isn't actually a vampire. There's no proof that he isn't. Yep. Should we pre-order it? I think absolutely we should pre-order it. We should. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what? How old is the bourbon? <laughs> They've been thinking. I think that this all started during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think they probably, I mean, it's not like they fucking brewed it themselves or whatever. They just. No, bought- they did. Well, they've been alive for a very long time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they just like they left up. it somewhere. They like- picked up a lot of skills over the years. I'm going to freaking buy it. Hey, should we introduce ourselves and this thing that we're doing? Hello. Hello. I'll start. Hello. Wait, I already said Hello. I can't. My brain wants to say hello again so bad. Hi guys. It's so hard to not go to go into the next part of that thought without saying hello again first. I'm I'm Philip Stressman. I use they them pronouns. I am the game master or keeper, I guess, in the parlance of the actual Monster of the Week handbook of um, Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. Let's y'all go. You, you, uh, y'all want to go round robin? Hello. I am James Kettler. I use he, him pronouns. I play Zeklin, boy, uh, tempted scientist <laughs> on Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. Aspirational boy scientist. Yeah. <laughs> you done? Yeah. That was <laughs> it. Oh, wow. I also write the music on Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. What else do you do? I find I find the sound effects and put them together for Dangerous Times <laughs> at Chillhaven High. Some of them you make explicitly with your mouth and body. Yeah, usually with my mouth. If it needs if there needs to be like a horrible scream, that's usually with my mouth. Take me into the like inside the Foley artist studio real quick. Let me hear one of those sounds come out of you. No. <laughs> Um, zero, zero didn't even move. <laughs> She's used to the weird sounds you make. Next up in the, for some reason, counterclockwise rotation. <laughs> Hello, my name is Bess Lawson. I use she, her pronouns. I am also Penny White, spooky, sad girl with a staring problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I do. You, I mean, I, I would argue, and this might be controversial, that Penny has other Skills and attributes besides staring. Yes, she is telekinetic. Um, she moves things with her brain. Sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes it does not. One might say frequently it does not. Yep, 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 yep. She's learning. She's growing, as we all are. Yeah. Well, we're, we're teenagers in the show, you know? Yeah, she's a baby. Just a baby. Tiny little baby. Tiny baby. Tiny little brain baby <laughs> with psychic powers. Yeah. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. 
My name is May Stressman. I play Angela Atticus Jr. I go by they them pronouns. And you know, Angela is just like a real cool girl. Um, she likes social media, yoga. She hates being at Chillhaven, and uh, she thinks her friends are a bunch of losers. So, but she she loves them. More losers. <laughs> are you in losers character right club? Now? Am I right? Is that canon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loser. It is, it is explicitly canon that Zeke is a loser. <laughs> yeah. No, Zeke is a known loser. Yeah. No, Angela loves them, <laughs> and Carlos. Do you can you look at me with a straight face and tell me that Angela loves Carlos? Angela loves Carlos. I don't know if that's a straight no, face. I don't know what crazy. kind of face that is. <laughs> I should say that there is one other individual in this room who is not mic'd up, but she's with us in body and spirit, and that is our tiny little baby dog Zero. Oh, she's seeping. She's stinky. She's real stinky. She's real sharp and noisy, and but right now she's a seeping in her little bed. She's sharp. She's pointy. Like her teeth. I can attest to that. She is sharp. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Please. What should we call this? What is this that we're doing? Does this have chill a name? Chill sesh at Chillhaven High. Okay, asked and answered. This is chill sesh at Chillhaven High. Got it. So we're just. This is just a chill sesh. We're just vibing. Vibe check. Uh. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, good. Vibes are good. <laughs> Feeling good vibes. I've detected some good vibes. That superhero vibe, that was his whole power, right? He just did vibe checks. He could do the most accurate vibe check of anyone in the DC universe. And break dancing, right? I don't recall the break dancing. I believe he broke dance. Is that how you say that? That's how I, it's, it is now. Is this a real character? Yes. Yeah, you love him uh, from the Flash TV show. Cisco. Cisco. Oh, yes, Cisco. <laughs> yeah. His dad is great, right? That was his dad? You know the, I don't know where you go when you die. No, that was his girlfriend's dad, Danny oh. Trejo. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the all-time great like television performances. Fantastic. But listen, in my opinion, we're not here to talk about the wonderful television show, The Flash, or the Flash Arrow universe, although we might, honestly, at some point. Uh, we have. We're here to talk about Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High, our dingling show. Woo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we're trying not to talk over each other. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> Staring blankly at me after I finish speaking for several seconds is definitely preferable to crosstalk. It's hard to tell when, because sometimes when you have more to say, you kind of just like look off for a second while the thought comes to you. And it's hard to tell sometimes when you're done speaking and when there's another <laughs> sentence coming. Feel free to pop in. I can, I, I can always never be done speaking. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and I can always stare blankly. So. <laughs> let's, I mean, let's get down to, I'll, so here's what I'll say. Much like when we play the game, I will, I guess, just start talking and then y'all can jump in yeah. <laughs> uh, when you feel like you want to contribute. Or, you know, maybe I'll just pose questions to you all directly. But I'll start out by saying like, hey, Dangerous Times, Jillian, uh, uh, what it even is that? It's a, it's, Phil, I'm so glad you asked that question. It's a, it's a podcast where we play the game Monster of the Week. And what is that? It's a, it's a, it's a tabletop role-playing game where we all play Monster Hunters inspired by such television programs as the X-Files and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Would you say that it's a tabletop RPG based on the Powered by Apocalypse game system created by Michael Sands and Steve Hickey? I wouldn't, but some have. Sure, some have. <laughs> uh, and we won't stand for it, frankly. <laughs> we found it in a dumpster in the woods, and we don't know where it came from. Yeah. Uh, Bound in chains and human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. 
so yeah, Monster of the Week is is a it's a tabletop RPG based on Powered by Apocalypse. Basically, all that means is like if you if you are listening to this behind the scenes episode about our tape like real play RPG podcast, I don't have to tell you what a tabletop RPG is, but it's super simple. Like you roll two six sided dice. Sometimes something bad happens. Sometimes something medium happens. Sometimes something good happens. Uh, and that that stochasticity drives the story. It's sort of like an emergent storytelling, right? Like I come up with a monster, y'all act accordingly uh, as your characters would in that world, and then we roll dice, and it tells us like how things go. What? So, James, you you specifically said that Monster of the Week is inspired by shows like Buffy. I mean, it says that right in the manual, like Buffy, Supernatural, X-Files. For all of y'all, I'll pose this question to all of y'all. What specific inspirations are you drawing from when you're thinking about your character, like either your inspiration for the character or like how you think about the tone of the show uh, or like the genre of the show? Like what are your touchstones for that? Angela's kind of based after Cordelia from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Is she kind of based on Cordelia from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, largely influenced <laughs> by, but I love that character. And so I wanted Angela to be like her. And I think that we, it was during COVID when we like started re, um, like getting back into watching Buffy. Well, for me, it's my first time, but not for you. But mm-hmm. um, so Cordelia, I was like, I just always want to play a mean girl, but she's also very sweet. I like her a lot. I think that's a good, pay, like, it's a good pay, character payoff when you have, like, a mean girl who, like, learns to love mm-hmm. um, the other characters. Yeah, she comes around. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's worth mentioning, too, that, like, the final episode of our first arc, Just Done Dang, came out uh, here in the year of our Lord God, 2021, January. But we record all this, like, right at the beginning of COVID season, <laughs> right? Like, we yeah. were recording this... Basically, I mean, we we'd been in lockdown already, right? Um, we'd done podcasts before, and had all had a lot of time on our hands all of a sudden, and started recording this. And then for one million different reasons, just didn't have the opportunity to put out until now. So, Bess, what about you? Penny, is, I, we were also watching Buffy for the first time for me. I don't know if James had seen the whole thing before. Yeah, I had. Um. Well, first time for me. And so Penny is a little bit like Willow mixed with like a Carrie White. That's probably where I got the last name White. It's explicitly <laughs> where you got the last name White. You said, I want to be Penny like Pennywise and White like Carrie White. I wonder why I wanted Pennywise. <laughs> Maybe, well, I guess we'll find out later where that comes in. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, so she's kind of tortured. I wouldn't say quite as tortured as a Carrie White, at least not yet. Or a Pennywise. Yeah. Maybe she hates kids. I don't know. <laughs> dig deeper. I don't get that vibe from her, personally. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> for suggesting it. <laughs> what about your touchstones for, for both of you, uh, beyond your specific characters, just for this sort of, like, genre of thing? Like, is it kind of just Buffy, or... Vampire Diaries. Yeah, we all fucking love Vampire Diaries. Oh, we open this. We open this fucking thing with it. A whole bit about Paul Paul Wesley and Ian Summerhilder's whiskey. I think that part's clear. Uh-huh. We should see if we can get like a promo code that people use and we get like ten percent. Yeah, yeah go to brothersbond.com and use promo code Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High yeah. for ten percent off. We're doing ads on spec. <laughs> Paul, Ian. Hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Please hit us up. Ian. Best, do you have any other like um 
like monster of the week slash supernatural teen drama touchstones mm, i didn't watch a ton of supernatural but you said supernatural so i feel like supernatural uh-huh. <laughs> um saying supernatural always makes me think about supernatural <laughs> the <laughs> television show yeah. what other uh spooky shows do i like Riverdale. Why do, ask, why do you ask me what you like? Because I have goo brain and you tell everyone what we have and have not seen most of the time. Uh, I mean, you enjoy the Stranger Things. I feel like there's a lot of Eleven in Penny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really yeah, good I point. See that. Yeah. And yeah, you said Riverdale. Lots of teen drama yep. where crazy things happen. Gotta freaking love it. Riverdale, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it's not spooky, it. I mean, Blair is spooky. She is. I love Blair. Which Gossip Girl character is Penny White? Oh, God. Who's the saddest one? Jenny. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. She's the worst. I feel like your character is definitely a Blair. Uh, Because Blair becomes lovable. Penny's more of a Dan, I think, honestly. Yeah. She's a dumb humbug. (laughs) Okay, so that's better, but like still bad, but I'll take it. Penny hump drunk. Gotta hate Dan Humphrey. He's the Gossip Girl. Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers for Gossip Girl. Jeez. Listen, if you haven't looked about it up by now, it. you don't deserve to watch it. Do you I, think Dan will still be Gossip Girl in the reboot? No, it was not supposed to be that way. I hope so. I thought it was one of those situations where it was supposed to be that way from the beginning, but then they like lost track of the thread, and by the time they revealed it, it didn't make sense anymore. No, I've told you this. It was originally <laughs> supposed to be Eric, and then someone leaked it, and oh, they so they, they were like, Ooh, what do we do? And then they just made it Dan. Got it. Kristen Got it. Bell is going to come back and do the Gossip Girl voice. That's confusing to me. What? Why? <laughs> no, she's... I mean, I love Kristen Bell, but that's confusing. She she's the OG. Voice. I know, but if it's a reboot, we it's confusing. It. It's like when Judy Dench was still M after Daniel Craig took over and it was supposed to be a prequel. It's weird. What is the timeline? She's What's going on? She's just a voice. Listen, she's needed. Mm-hmm. It's iconic voice. The, the project needs her gravitas. Yeah. And her star power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, what about you? Uh... You know, I think Zeke has a lot of uh, Mulder in him. Like if Mulder were in high school. (laughs) Like season one Mulder when he's still like spooky Mulder and he's just the weird guy who lives in the basement with all his boxes. (laughs) Isn't that just Dib from Invader Zim? Yeah, I mean, I was going to get to that. But yeah, like Dib from Invader Zim is for sure my number one pick. Because Dib isn't like, he's not incapable. He's not an idiot. Like he knows stuff about the world around him. He's just ineffectual. (laughs) Uh, and yeah, that's how I think of Zeke. I think, and he's ineffectual, but does not realize it at all and thinks he's really, really good at everything he does. <laughs> Typical white man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As for touchstones of the genre, I mean, Buffy, obviously, I have watched, I, I guess I have, no, I've no longer watched every single episode of Supernatural. I think I'm about a season behind, but I've watched about 14 seasons of Supernatural. How'd that show hold up? Uh, it's fine. The, so it, it, the first five seasons of Supernatural are a self-contained story arc, and that was where the initial showrunner wanted the show to end. And the studio was like, no, we're going to keep making this show for nine more years. And so he was like, okay, bye. I'm going to go work on other stuff. So after season five, it's a lot more like Vampire Diaries or something like that. There's, that. Some seasons are pretty, pretty good. Some seasons are a total fucking slog to get through. And it's a lot like DBZ where it's like every 
end to the new season triggers like, oh, shoot, now we've let this even bigger monster out. I think by the end, like, God was the bad... At one point, it was God's sister, and then I think also later, just God was the bad guy of the season. Really, any fiction, when you boil it down, God is the villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you peer, peel back all of those layers, like, that motherfucker is the reason we all have to be here and do all of this shit. <laughs> Truth. Mm-hmm. Shakes fist at sky. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen Supernatural, but on the Riverdale tip, uh, going back through my old notes for when I was first, like coming up with the initial monster and like uh, some of the the side characters and like the general story beats. The, I, in my notes, this story was always called Improvised Riverdale. Like that was <laughs> what I like how I described what we were doing. And I don't know. I think we all kept Riverdale in our hearts. During this, I don't know how close we got to like the actual Riverdale vibe. Yeah. None of us are self serious enough. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah Riverdale's way too serious. Because, because, and that's why. I, and we, and again, we've talked about this before, but that's why I feel much closer to Vampire Diaries in this show. Because I feel like even on Vampire Diaries, characters will be like, "I'm what now?" That's that doesn't make any sense. Whereas on Riverdale, even though they're all saying ludicrous things and they're all involved in ludicrous scenarios, they all gotta, oh, oh we gotta solve, Jughead, we gotta solve this murder, but also we should kiss. <laughs> Riverdale is absolutely ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Honestly, if they wrote that show through like tabletop RPG improv emergent storytelling, I believe it. I mm-hmm. would absolutely believe it. It's utterly incoherent. <laughs> but we love it. Well, uh, Maybe they write it like. <laughs> maybe, maybe we they, watched it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they write it like South Park style. It's like they write every single episode like a week before the episode is supposed to come out. Well, I, I then I, I'd be impressed. Yeah, I don't remember who said this. I, somebody tweeted at some point that they thought Riverdale was written exquisite corpse style, where the writer of each episode had only seen the episode immediately previous to it. <laughs> yeah, that's inspiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's well, hmm, I'm my brain's being drawn in two different directions right now. I kind of want to follow up on the Riverdale tip and also the Vampire Diaries tip, and talk about the what I think is probably dangerous time at Chillhaven's High. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Dangerous <laughs> time at Chill. Dangerous time at Chillhaven's High. It's like <laughs> attorneys general. Yeah. Uh, our podcasts um, only real love triangle, which is the Penny Zeke. Heck, love triangle. Well, I mean, would you all describe that as a love triangle? No. No, I would not. When we, I think, I feel like maybe when it's edited, maybe not, but I thought when we were recording that it was a love triangle. No, I mean, like, Zeke would absolutely hook up with Heck if given the opportunity, but I I don't, I think that, I think that everything (laughs) that Zeke says to Heck, literally, I don't think there's any thought in it as to, like, pursuing Heck or, like, an adversary ship with Penny. I think it just falls out of his mouth because he thinks it and then he says it. Right. It's, so, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but, like, Zeke definitely objectifies Heck. Yeah. Uh And thinks Heck is hot. Uh Uh-huh. But you don't see any, like, there's no, like, romantic potential there. Not at this moment in time, no. Okay. Well, then I guess we got to get off our little duffs and get a fucking love triangle in there. (laughs) That means we don't have one. Or two or three or five. Yeah. Unless is, so is Angela, Carlos, and Saber a love triangle? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's gonna be. I, I mean, yeah, Carlos pines for Angela, but Angela pines for Saber. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Let's go on that journey. Yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely need uh, 
it, it, in my opinion, what I would like to see more of in the coming story arc is just more like teen romance elements. Let's make this season so fucking dramatic. Like, let's, let's get real dramatic, real romantic, real. Let's try to get Riverdale. I'm gonna yeah. smooch everyone and their mom. That's not Riverdale. <laughs> mom. Yeah. I guess they're mom. Yeah, sometimes they're mom. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about moms actually for a second? Mom. Y'all two don't have moms. Mm-mm. Not present in the story, no. Okay. Is that, I mean, so is that something you see developing further on in the story? I have ideas. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I talked about it once. I don't remember <laughs> what the canon situation. Fa- oh, no, because you said uh, to Jeff Lynn, to Zeke's dad at some point. It's like my mom left and my dad doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah I, but I, I did put thought into why she left, and I don't know if I wrote it down. Spooked by your powers. I think it was, yeah. So, yeah, I think she thought I was weird and she was afraid of me, and so she was like, peace out. Then my dad resents me for it. Maybe when you were a baby, you were crying in the middle of the night, and she came into your room, and you were just, your eyes were like, that do it and you were like glowing purple and she was like I'm i can't out. deal with this baby she never closes her eyes yeah. my mom went out for visine drops and never came back <laughs> <laughs> okay so so there's definitely some rich mom tapestries behind benny anzik that we can explore down the road uh who who has it played archie's mom in riverdale that like showed up molly ringwald, molly ringwald. Yeah. yeah we'll bring molly ringwald in to play your mom's yeah both of, them. both of them? Yeah, <laughs> sure. They that, have the same mom. That's the reveal. Oh. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Also, in canon, it's Molly Ringwald. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be. Let's get, because you know, the oh, there's so many people out there who just love numbers and sheets. The, I, the, the RPG nitty gritty, those turning gears behind the facade of the podcast. Let's talk about like specific shit, like what your characters are. I know we mentioned a little bit. Let's start with Angela, because Angela, I, Megan, it's, I got to get out of the habit of referring to you all by your character names. May, you are currently videotaping the cat putting his paws under the door. I can still hear in video. <laughs> He's a cute cat. I'm much like Angela, very skilled at social media and videotaping. Um... <laughs> You mentioned that Angela was a mundane, right? Do you want to just like walk us through what the mundane is and like give us all of it? Like, so a mundane is a regular human being, mm-hmm. um, so much like Matt from Vampire Diaries or Cordelia from Buffy. Matt's such a good like Matt is, and it's like the fucking rock of that show, man. The most human human I think in any show till he becomes a fucking cop. Yeah, cops, which are, and I want to get this on the record, not human beings. They're despicable pig creatures. So he was mundane until the very end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Angela is just like a mundane, regular ass human. But that doesn't mean that um, she can't evolve or change. But right now, I'm remaining human. What are all your your choices for Angela? Like, so uh, so okay. So uh, just to back up a little bit, in Monster of the Week, there are different hunter archetypes, right? So you're all monster hunters, and you've chosen different hunter archetype. And those hunter archetypes come with different skills. And so there's um, there's kind of broad moves that any hunter can do, like investigate a mystery or kick some ass, mm-hmm. uh, right? But then there, each hunter also has like specific moves that they can do. And we edit out most of the mechanic, mechanical nitty gritty shit on the show 
I, I tend to leave in a, an actual dice roll in the audio. Either A, if I think that leaving it out will make me look like too much of an asshole <laughs> because I need the audience to know that, like, no, they failed this role spectacularly and horrible things are going to happen. Or, like, I think a great example is uh, the spoilers for this podcast, I guess. If you haven't finished listening to episode eight, pause this here and go and listen to episode eight and then come back. Okay, are you back? Okay. Uh, at the very end of episode eight, Zeke, in, in spectacular fashion, saves Heck gently with a really good dice roll mm-hmm. uh, to fix his broken robot body. So that had to be left in. But for the most part, we've kind of made the choice to edit those out because we're going for, and tell me if, if because I'm speaking for all of us here, tell me if this is true, but we're going for like a more of an audio drama vibe versus like a nitty gritty real play vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're using the, the mechanics of the game in order to tell a story. So so most of the stuff gets left on the cutting room floor, but like it's all there. All these specific moves are there. They're, they're what we're doing each time we're doing anything. So why don't you tell us what all your different moves are for Angela that you've chosen? So I have always the victim, which is when another hunter uses protect someone to protect you, they mark experience. Whenever a monster captures you, you mark experience. So I think my... Like, Angela, since she is just, like, a regular human, I was thinking that she could get captured a lot or, you know, the mundane is usually the one that's, like, put in danger often. Mm-hmm. Um, I have oops if you want to stumble across something important. Uh, what could go wrong whenever you charge into immediate danger without hedging bets? Um, yeah, I can just do a couple different things. I would say a lot of this stuff feels like Cordelia in, like, Angel. Yeah. She, by by Angel, she's, like, always doing dumb shit and then, like... Getting, yeah, getting kidnapped or... David Borneas got to come save her. Yeah. Yeah, they made her a big victim in that. Mm-hmm. Um, trust your gut whenever you consult your instincts about what to do next. Roll. And then I have net friends, which is... Basically, I can con- connect with people on the internet, which is like perfect for Angela because she's a- always on her phone, always on social media. So she's like meeting different people on the interwebs and getting information. And then she has her trusty taser and collapsible golf club. Yes. And Gotta be protect myself and be sporty. And once had a vehicle. Once had a vehicle. Rip my Mustang. What car did I get? You have not gotten you've uh, you've not gotten a new car yet. Ooh, well, I'm going to get a new car and we'll see what that is. Optimistic. (laughs) Bess, what's Penny? Penny is a spooky. So she has special abilities. So Penny, her moves, so she has telepathy, so I can read other people's minds and put words into their head. Um, I have the sight, so I can see and communicate with spirits. And then... Um, telekinetic, which I mentioned before, move stuff with my brain. And then premonition, so at the beginning of each, um, I think each new monster of the week, I have a premonition, so I see something really bad that's going to happen, but I don't know why or the circumstances or sometimes even who it is. Um, but it becomes clear as we go, and it's always really bad. So, like, for instance, uh, with our first story arc, your premonition was the big blob of meat and robot parts in the locker room. Yeah, it was real gross, real steamy, and not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Hot, stinky meat robot. And then I have two weapons, but I I think I decided that I don't use them, at least right now. You have, like, a gun and a knife or something, Yeah, so on the spooky sheet, it was like, I thought it'd be... 
I don't know what spookies use, but I didn't think like a nine millimeter. Yeah, you know, Carrie's always packing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have a nine millimeter and a big knife. So stay tuned to see Penny. Holy shit! Do something with that. My assumption would be that those are probably Bart's, and you just like have access to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they're like <laughs> under the mattress. So. Um. So the spooky has a specific thing where like the uh, archetype, the spooky is basically like channeling dark forces right like that's the source of your powers so there's a system in this game called luck mm-hmm. and you have a certain number of luck points that you can spend to if you flub a roll you can make it a success essentially um and with the spooky and so none of y'all used luck at all uh during our whole first story arc. i forgot i recorded drunk a lot and didn't realize and i made have- did you do it? No, I made the conscious decision not to use it to save Coach Sheehan. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Rip. Rip in peace. Yep. I'm glad you did. I'm glad uh, you made that choice. I might need it for me later. I don't know. But there's a specific thing with the spooky, right, where anytime you, you use luck, that dark force kind of gets more control over you. Yeah, it says, um, specifically, my dark side's needs will get nastier, so... Um, and there's a there's a cool thing in this game that it's sort of built in that characters and may you kind of touched on this earlier. Characters can like transform in different ways uh, as you level up. Like you get to a certain point where you don't really level up anymore. But what you can what can happen is like a mundane can like get bit by a, a vampire and turn into a vampire. Uh, or what can also happen is like y'all could just die. Um, there's systems for characters like retiring. So like your characters, like I, I've graduated high school. I hang up my hat. I'm a librarian now. Forget all this weird shit and go be an accountant. Yeah. I'm going to forget, gradually forget all of this, like Robin Williams and hook. (laughs) But there's also explicitly a thing where like the spooky, if you use all those luck points, you go all the way over the dark side, you stop being a player character and you become like a big bad. You just become a villain. Yeah. That's where I thought of Willow a lot. Love me a vampire willow. Yeah, so good. So scary. Yeah, it goes from my scale of luck is okay to doomed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I kind of love that. I love that for Penny. I love her being on that razor's edge. I've always, and I've told you all this too, like I've always conceptualized Penny is like, if this was a TV show, Penny's absolutely the main character. Mm-hmm. Like if this show is The Flash, Penny's The Flash. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you are a superhero. You have superpowers. Uh-huh. These two are just ding-dongs. <laughs> like, these two are sidekicks. We're cousins. I'm the one in the in the computer room with, like, a headset, like, sending you notes in your ear or whatever. Yeah, you're Cisco. You're oh, it looks like his knees are weak. Hit him there. <laughs> um, well, so talk about Zeke, because Zeke is, uh, of these, the only one that's a homebrew hunter archetype. This is not part of the original game. Zeke is the action scientist. Uh, I just want to read this whole description from the front sheet. You may call it the supernatural, but all that means is that we don't understand it yet. We'll soon discover what makes it tick, and then I know you will want to destroy it. But consider how much more we have to learn. I'll just keep it in my lab for a week or two so we're better prepared next time. Right-ho, the lightning gun is powered up. Are we ready? Charge! (laughs) Freaking lightning gun. (laughs) That lightning gun, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, burn it. <laughs> so yeah, Zeke is an action scientist. All of his moves are based around uh, building or modifying or fixing uh, fancy gadgets for he and his team to use to battle monsters. Mm-hmm. He also has he has his lightning gun, which uh, it says on my sheet, it has a quality called batteries, which means uh, the batteries tag is like reload. The weapon is liable to run out of power at bad moments. 
That hasn't come into play yet, uh, but I didn't need to because I broke it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I also have the autonomous drone that became Sophia. Oh, Sophia. We love her. So sweet. The heart and soul of the program. She really is. Mm-hmm. What's everybody's favorite side character? Flo, obviously, yeah. Were you like waiting, like looking at all of us? Like, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, I love Flo. Flo's amazing. I gotta pick Heck. Yeah, I love. I, and Tim. It's hard. They're all really good. Also, your dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Lynn. Snack game. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Who do you like to play the most? Uh, who do I mean? Flow, flow is the easiest for me to slip into. Like I can just be flow in a second. It's no problem. She lives inside of me at all times. <laughs> I think she's she's actually a substantial aspect of my personality. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the other ones were harder. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, I like to play once I found his voice because I'm not like. I I should say that like so James and Bess, y'all are like actual actors like y'all are experienced performers may and i are i think it's fair to say not yeah that's fair to say and so doing voices and stuff is not something that i have a lot of experience with outside of just like i've run a lot of D games you know i've so like my only experience performing characters really like since high school is playing tabletop rpgs and when you're playing with friends not for a podcast you don't really have to I like I do do voices because it's funny <laughs> but like you don't have to put a lot of thought into it it's just like uh, there's a goblin at the bar. We want to talk to him. And it's like, okay, what's a goblin sound like? I'm like hey, I'm a goblin. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, which that's basically my player character for <laughs> D&D campaign we're in right now that James yeah. is running. It's just like, I'm a nasty goblin. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I cringe a little bit, honestly, listening to the first couple episodes of the show because like everybody fucking sounds the same. Like Saber, Heck, Carlos, Jeff all sound exactly the same. But Jeff, once I found his voice he's basically just like um like jonas venture jr from the venture brothers but nice and like on that kind of same action scientist thing as zeke where it's just like oh a bigfoot in the distance let's check it out yeah and as much as i like zeke reminds me of dib jeff reminds me of dib's dad (laughs) professor Professor membrane yeah i think so Yeah. yeah yeah like uh i think from the pilot episode when dib comes in screaming about aliens and he goes quiet son I'm making toast. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm very enthusiastic about everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Am I the best at it? I sure think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Carlos and Tim is, is super easy because Tim's just very quiet and pointed. Uh, and Carlos is too loud. <laughs> Especially uh, around Angela. Yeah, exactly. Mostly around Angela. <laughs> and the like their only character description is really is like Tim is... Uh, obstinate and Carlos is obtuse and so just loud and obtuse and quiet and obstinate and like that's it so yeah I it's the the ones that are easier for me to do are the ones that I like doing better thank you for answering that question yeah thank you so much for asking it you're welcome it's also funny too because like it's an old canard about running tabletop RPGs is like no plan survives contact with the players right because this is emergent storytelling y'all are basically driving the story so there's characters that I have character descriptions for from day one, like right alongside Heck and Saber and Vesper that I was like, these are my, and like, there's literally, so there is my iPhone notes where I first wrote down my ideas for the campaign. I had a robot quarterback, Heck. I had a ghost skater, Saber. I had 
a rival super scientist, Vesper. And then there was a fourth one right along with all of those. And y'all just never met them. They just didn't ever come in. I had like opportunities to where they were going to be. And y'all just didn't go to those places. And like, I didn't know that like Jeff would be a big part of this first arc and not Bart, for instance, or that heck would be going along with y'all everywhere. (laughs) And that Vesper is only in the first episode. So there's just, you know, it's, there's no telling which characters are going to be, be useful to y'all in the game or, or, you know, y'all want to glom onto versus just get moved on from. So there's an aspect of this game that are, you make your character. And this game, unlike D&D, where a lot of times when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, it's like your characters never met each other before. Like you're all just in and in and something happens and now you're a team. In this game, it's very explicit. Like y'all are all have connections already going in. You, you're all connected to each other. And so there's choices on your character sheets where you pick what your connections are to the other characters. And I think that's tremendous. It drives, it adds so much just like built in depth to y'all's relationships and the storytelling. But I don't know, like, do we even want to talk about those or should we leave them? Well, we can talk about the Penny and Zeke one because we very explicitly fleshed it out, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't we talk about ours too? We were friends when we were younger. Yeah. And then. I think there's still a lot of mystery about what exactly happened between you two. I don't think it's been discussed explicitly. um, yeah, we ha- There's definitely we- a vibe about you two whenever you're together, but... Mm-hmm. We were friends when we were younger, and mm-hmm. then we drifted apart and you moved away. Yeah, and then came back, but definitely freaked out by Penny. I don't blame you. <laughs> and then Zeke and I are cousins. Mm-hmm. Zeke and Angela are cousins. Not much to explore there. Yeah. I don't remember how the cousin thing came to be either, because the initial origin that we picked was the... You were academic colleagues at some point, and we were like, we were lab partners, because that's what we talk about in the first episode, is like, we were lab partners in kindergarten. You have lab partners in kindergarten? No, (laughs) we were lab partners in in the series. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm telling you, that's, I'm telling you, that was the one we picked, because I remember that very explicitly. What science class in kindergarten? (laughs) Well, we had, we had had not yet, we had not yet determined that you left 10 years ago. (laughs) So... Each of you pick a background for each other. So you all have two because Angela has one for Penny and Zeke. Penny has one for Angela and Zeke. Zeke was, has one for Penny and Angela. So I think we were lab partners and related. And, and you probably picked you are related. Yeah. yeah. So I made us be related because usually there's like a related group of people like Jeremy and Elena. and Jeremy. Fucking Jeremy. Fucking Jeremy. But yeah, like do you all want to expand on – so that, that scene – the Violet Crankshaw scene. Rip. Uh, Rip. Rip in peace, Violet Crankshaw. Yeah. I, I fucking love that scene. I think it's amazing. I think y'all are both amazing in it. But, like, we didn't have that fleshed out beforehand, right? Like, we knew that y'all had explicitly... Zeke helped Penny with something, right? Like, what was what was the explicit text going into that? You used science to get them out of a jam, and they still owe you for it. Ask them what the jam was, and then tell them what you did. This yours is just are, yours. Yours are I don't have this sheet, but I think on mine it was something along the lines of it's here. They oh, you used your powers on them one time. Decide if it was for selfish reasons or not, and tell them if they found out about it. So it was for selfish reasons, I guess, because I didn't want him to remember this horrible thing that I did. But yeah, and he didn't find out about the fact that I wiped his memory. Yeah, you still don't know. You know mm-hmm. that something was heated that day and i know that i helped you somehow Mm -hmm. but all you remember is like things got tense 
and then we left. Or I guess the helping thing became, I told you I was going to make you like a Magneto helmet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As yet, has not been done. No. Look, Zeke has a long, like a, like a whole drawer at his house full of like half completed sketches and shit of things he thought were cool one day and then never got around to finishing. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a cool system in this game, too, called, uh, for, for the use magic ability in particular, called glitches. Yeah, side note, for mine and Angela's, I think for me, it was, you've known each other some time, but since your powers manifested, you keep them at a distance emotionally. Uh, but we haven't expanded on, like, why or yeah. whatever, but that was us. Yeah, y'all have a very vague conversation about in the car in episode seven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that glitch thing is awesome, because, like, again, it adds that level of stochasticity to the storytelling. And so, like, you used magic to do that to Zeke Brain, and I said, there's a glitch. I'm not going to reveal what it is now. So that's definitely, like, a fucking sword of Damocles hanging over y'all's relationship that I can pull out in the story anytime I want to. (laughs) James, do you want to talk about, so, on the subject of glitches, Mm -hmm. we actually homebrewed. Did we even get to all of your specific abilities that you have? No, I didn't list them. All. I did not list them all out. List those off real quick, because I want to talk about the. Um, I want to talk about the uh, homebrew one that we came up with. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have Epiphany. Your scientifically honed mind works unconsciously to solve problems and make connections you otherwise would have missed. When something bad is happening or just about to happen somewhere that you aren't, roll for sharp. On ten plus, you knew where you needed to go just in time to get there. On 7 and 9, you get there late, in time to intervene, but not to prevent it altogether. On a miss, you get there just in time to be in trouble yourself. So that one was Hunch, right? That was, I think it was a spooky power. Yeah, because once, so the initial move was take a move from another Hunter's playbook, and then I got, I took Hunch from the spooky playbook, and we modified it to be Epiphany. Right, for a science brain. So this one, we sort of rejiggered it from... A couple of different abilities, right? Like the initial move, I think, was just called science. Yeah, but it involved me rolling for. I think it involved me rolling for sharp and the glitch system on it. We didn't really care for. There was no glitch system. It was just the um. What what is it called? The different attributes or requirements. Requirements. Right? Yeah. So it's like you engineer something on the fly. Like you can either take more time or build it with like side effects or something i don't remember whatever it was yeah uh here i'll read them all because they're still in here it needs a rare and or weird material it won't be very reliable it requires huge amounts of power or fuel it'll take a really long time to get working it won't work exactly as you intended or you'll need help beyond the hunters in your team to finish it so what i really wanted for storytelling reasons is i wanted something like the glitches that weird magic has because to me what's if like you engineering it and then being like, oh dang, it doesn't work good, is not nearly as cool as you engineering it being like, job well done, taking it on the field and be like, oh fuck, it doesn't work good. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to add that randomness, that stochastic element, like that surprising thing, because that's in fiction, that's how that would work, right? It's like, we built it, we built it fast, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh no, yeah. it sucked all of our bones out. <laughs> um, so now you, it does have those requirements, but also it leaves it open for me to give you a glitch. For something wild to happen in right. the field. Yeah. yeah. And my glitches are the effect is weakened, which is what I done did to my lightning gun. Uh-huh. Uh, the effect is of short duration. You take one harm, the device draws immediate unwelcome attention. That or, one's so funny. Or, and this is so broad because I feel like this describes all of the things I just said, the device has a problematic side effect. 
Again, that that's from I believe that's from Weird Magic too. That leaves it open to me. I think to just literally do. Why even list the other ones? Why not just say that? Suggestions for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, I uh, my third move was oblivious to danger because I feel like that's very suited to Zeke's personality as well as not generally looking out for danger. You're immune to all fear-based moves and powers. You never need to act under pressure to resist fear from any source. Oh yeah. I think you picked that and I did promise you to have a fear, a monster with fear-based powers at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me that. Yeah. Zeke does get scared, but he will never not do something because he is scared. (laughs) Do y'all have any questions for me about, like, what I prepared for, where things went? What uh, What do you think the odds are were of us stopping the monster at some point earlier in the story? Like, what do you think the odds were of, like, me saving Coach Sheehan, stopping the monster right then, there? It's hard to say, because I, because I, A, we did record this so long ago, and B, I did edit out so many of those roles. Right. I will say that the possibility was always there, because that's just how the game is built. But I also, running this game has been a learning curve for me. And even like just running D&D games has been a learning curve for me of like going from someone who's super, super prep heavy and on the rails heavy and having like scenes in my head that I want to happen and stuff I want to get to, to being where I am now, where hopefully I definitely do a lot less prep now in like my D&D campaign going into this. So hopefully being a lot more open to stuff. So I think I, I probably had you guys on the rails at least through the Coach Sheehan thing. Because you fought me so hard on going to detention, I wanted you to, in fucking detention. Why would Zeke? Because Zeke would never. <laughs> he would never. But definitely there was a possibility that y'all could have figured out the weakness, made a good lightning gun, never. and killed the robots. Like that was That possibility was there. There just weren't roles for it, yep. you know? I guess that's one thing about the game. It is really fucking hard to get a role where just something good happens. Yep, yep. And that's, I mean, that's in the game's design, too. Like, the the game, like, in the game manual, it tells the keeper, fuck up your players. Come hard at your players. Their characters are really powerful. They're going to be able to do shit. Like, make them. Put them in situations where they have to think outside of the box, where they have to do wild shit. Because that's where the good, that's where cool stuff happens. That's where cool storytelling comes from, you know? At the last episode when it's the pool party, I remember I rolled an eight when I was trying to get everybody to leave um, because of the fire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember at the time thinking, yes, it's going great. (laughs) And then you're like, no one listens to you. (laughs) And it's like, but I rolled an eight. I don't understand. That's high. But it's like, yeah, it's impossible to have like a great role and have everything go your way when you think about fiction though like that's how fiction good fiction works too though right is like the protagonist fucks up a bunch of times before finally getting things right you know like i think about the martian and how many times in that movie like he uses his science brain to do all this cool shit and then like it just fails spectacularly fucking sandstorm destroys all his potatoes right exactly but you're still locked into like it just raises the stakes and raises that tension then when he really does succeed it feels so much more earned you know it feels a lot a lot bigger it's very frustrating yeah (laughs) (laughs) to live through it is quite frustrating Uh yeah You know, you watch The Martian and you're like, damn, that looked fun. But guess what? Let me, t- I'm here to tell you, it's not. <laughs> Dying on Mars, not actually that great. What is The Martian? 
and then he gets stuck there and he has to live on Mars for like 90 days or like a way too long for someone to live on Mars until his spaceship comes back to get him. Hmm. He has to eat doo-doo potatoes. Yeah. What? Did we watch that? Yeah. We, what? We, <laughs> potatoes? We literally saw it in theaters. What? Yeah. He uses his own poops to grow potato on Mars. What year did this come out and who thought of it? 20, I want to say 2015, 2016, something oh, okay. like that. It was based on a series of blog posts. That became a novel. Hmm. Based on a true story. Didn't hmm. he come... Not based on a true story. I was going to say the same thing, but it didn't. <laughs> I let you say it so you could be funny. Um, Thank you so much. At the end, doesn't he come back and it's like 90 years later? That's Interstellar. Oh a God, much, the... much worse movie. They're the same movie? No, they're not. Interstellar is so much dumber. Matt Damon is in both though, right? He oh is in both. God. That part's true. Hmm. Matt Damon just really want to go. So can we just send Matt Damon to space? Just put him up there. That's clearly where he wants to be. Let's start to go fund me. Elysium, Interstellar. Yep. The Martian. Yep. Dogma. Well, God lives in space. That's hmm. where the angels are from. In in Dogma, that's where the angels are from. Yeah, I mean implicitly. Mm. Subtextually. You know another kind of movie that I don't think I like. So like. I like a space movie where it's already established that they live there and it's sustainable and it's like normal. Uh I don't think I like a space movie where it's like normal space today where everything bad can happen. Mm, Like a Um, gravity or an interstellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Same. So you can add that to my list of things that bother me. I get get what you're saying. Isn't Aliens your favorite movie? Right, but that's what she's saying. Aliens mm-hmm. takes place in a universe where like space travel is already commonplace. But really, I, in my opinion, really bad things happen. True, true, true. But like bad things can happen anywhere. I just don't like. Uh, I don't think I like. Saw oh, we're it, we're going on the final frontier for the first time, and we got to deal with all these new challenges of space travel. Space is already established. Space yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Bullock space movie? Gravity. Yeah, yeah, that bothered me. I liked that movie. They I all, thought they were good. I just they're all the same. Me. I can't tell them apart in my space. head. Space. Space movies. Space movies. Sand movies. Yeah. Jumpsuit. Space. Now, what's a sand movie? Movies with too much sand. Literally any movie set in a desert or a sandy place. like it's ugly. Like Westerns. Nuh-uh. The Mad Max, she was so resistant Ooh, I, to but watching. But I liked it. I liked it, though. I you like did you did like Mad Max and you did say like I like this sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the stuff on the moon? Moon dust. What's mm. it called? Moon dust. Not called moon dust. It's called moon dust. It has a name. Hard Rock. At Hard Rock Cafe? Hard Rock Cafe. Best restaurant ever. The only time I've ever been to a Hard Rock Cafe, uh they had This was a hell of a segue. <laughs> <laughs> they had the prop from Demolition Man where Sylvester Stallone is naked and frozen in like a block of ice because that's how they keep people in prison in the future. And it was just like hanging above the staircase on the way to the bathrooms. And I got to look up at Sylvester Stallone. Well, it wasn't Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) It was Sylvester Stallone's likeness. His nude butt just hanging over me from the ceiling. And I don't think I'd seen Demolition Man yet at that time, so I didn't have context for this nude Sylvester Stallone who was dangling above me in the staircase. So you wanted to watch it after that, yeah? I did, yeah. It had my interest at that point. And not to put you all on the spot, Mm. but to put you all on the spot, Mm. what's everyone's favorite moment from one of the other characters? I love all the heck and penny interactions. I was going to say anytime, any. 
anytime Penny mutters under her breath. <laughs> That's I'm spe- just me. I'm specifically thinking of when she has her premonition and she, you say, and you find yourself in the boys' locker room and for some reason she goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really like um, Angela and Saber, mostly just because Angela's so thirsty and Saber's too cool to comment on <sighs> it. So, like, we'll see where that goes, but I've got my eyes on you. Uh, Angela trips up. Saber's too cool. Angela's never felt this way before. Angela's used to being the one admired. Exactly. And then Zeke, oh gosh, very good moments. Zeke interacting with Zeke's dad. Mm-hmm. Or no, Zeke and um, mm-hmm. Sophie is good. Hot yeah. dog. Hot dog. No, I don't want a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, Sophia performed by, hold on, I'm going to look up the full name of, so how we do Sophia, just for a little uh, part, part, part in the curtain for y'all. When we record the episode, I talk like a robot to make Sophia talk. And then I replace her with Microsoft Sam TTS or text to speech generator, which is part of the Microsoft Speech API released in 1998. Specifically set on Adult Female 2. This is if for those of you at home who want to make a Sophia of your own, use the online Microsoft Sam TTS generator, Adult Female 2. Pitch, I think I pitched her up recently. I think I've been doing it at about 185. And speed, 155. And then you can make her say anything you want. <laughs> or you get a 404 not found. <gasps> oh, no. Did Sophia die? No, it happens all the time. Oh, okay. Well, it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. It would have been terrible anyway because my mic wouldn't have picked it up. She didn't want to be put on the spot. <laughs> put it in post. Yeah, Sophia, there's something about the cadence of that voice that's just so fucking funny. Such a sweetie. She is. It's very, it's a really endearing voice Uh because she's always kind of talking up just a little bit, no matter what she's saying. I always have the thought that she'll come to life and be evil like Disney Channel original movie, Smart House. Yes. Mm. Oh, Sophia, she shouldn't be evil. She would never be evil. She would never. Of her own volition. It is a great movie. I think. She might get possessed by a a house demon or something. Maybe. Who knows? She's got BMO energy to me. BMO! She does have big BMO energy. That's, I think, a good example of how in storytelling, and particularly in stuff like this, like you can take things that might seem overpowered or characters that might seem overpowered and like use storytelling elements to kind of undermine that. Like In theory, Zeke having a sentient house and watch and drones connected to that sentient house that he had all the time that could do his bidding is crazy overpowered. But all I had to do is make the, the AI kind of a ding-dong, <laughs> and it it levels the playing field again, yeah. you know? like and she's throwing frogs filled with <laughs> deadly robots at the man I asked her to save. Like, if she was competent, then, like, yeah, maybe that story would have ended in that laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> but she explicitly is not. Yep. She tries her best, though. She does. She sure does. I feel like Jeff, like, did the coding on Sophia himself, and it's, like, like held together with paper clips and barely functions. Yeah. And, like, it, he can't edit the code anymore, because if he changes anything, the whole system's going to crash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say I, I also like Penny's little asides. Um, a lot of them were Bess's little asides that I then found and cranked the volume up on. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke? Getting like mad and being argumentative and obstinate are some of my favorite moments. Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> like the tension's the best. Mm-hmm. The tension was so funny. Like James, I, I don't know if this is you or if this is a Zeke character trait of just never 
being able to let anyone else have the last word in a conversation. That's just James. Yeah, that's just me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite specific moments, and this maybe it's like recency bias because it's fresh for me, but uh, Angela at the party getting so mad when the crowd wouldn't believe her. And booed her. <laughs> that was freaking rude. It was so good. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all, what's some stuff y'all want to see in this next arc? Romance. Yeah, we talked about romance for sure. Romance. I was just thinking about this like 25 minutes ago and I feel like I had an answer for it. Big, more, big, big, bad baddies. Ooh. Do you mean physically large? <laughs> but yeah, and Both. big in attitude. <laughs> and okay. school dances. Look yes! out, everybody. Yes. I'm a monster with big attitude. <laughs> maybe, maybe like a school bully. I feel like we haven't really encountered like a, a stereotypical school bully. Yeah. I mean, I have Vesper. They are rude, but they're like, I don't think they're cool rude. Like, I don't think that they like have bully potential. School, yeah. yeah. That's true. I don't think anyone would listen to them. Yeah, low threat. I think they have they have implicit power because Indigo Labs is like a big deal and they're like Vesper Indigo. Let me ask you about the bully thing because I feel like, I don't know, I mean like we're all queers. Some of us are non-binary. I think that energy is, I, I mean it, it can't not be in the show, right? Because like this is our fiction, we're making it. Whether it's as explicit as like Zeke being attracted to Heck or Angela being attracted to Saber or as implicit as like I think Bess you said to me that like Penny's throwaway line to Violet about mm-hmm. just like I hate your boyfriend. Yeah. Well, like why else would she be friends with this person who was not clearly like not nice to her? Mm-hmm. But like I, so I I to me I'm hesitant to bring in stuff like explicit bullying just because it I don't know it just feels gross like those stories feel like a bummer to me like. I respond, uh, personally, I respond a lot better to fiction, particularly when it's, like, with, like, a lot of queer representation. Nice. Where people are largely nice. And obviously, like, you need conflict. Like, it's a show about monsters. There's going to be monsters in it. We need conflict. But, like, I don't know. Well, Steven Universe, I mean, there's still. There's no bullies, though. Like, no one bullies Steven. Lars. (laughs) Lars, yeah, definitely bullies him. And also, like, diamonds kind of bully him. Well, they're just villains. They're just straight up villains. Does that make sense? That distinction mm-hmm. that I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. I we don't I need didn't... a Flash Thompson. No, I didn't mean like someone who would like physically threaten anyone just for like them being there, but more because we. I feel like as we got into the story, we like didn't go to school that much, mm-hmm. like, or we would say we're at school and then cut to after school because mm-hmm. we're going to fuck shit up. But maybe like uh, more interaction with students at school and like maybe. You're just you just mean like like a like a social antagonist. Yeah. Like we have our supernatural antagonist who, who just like messes up things we're doing just for the sake of it. Like they're not really essential to what we're doing. Like we're not trying to get information from them. They're just there. I think that there's there's definitely a phenomenon right of high school dramas where like they start out spending time at school and then like the first the Vampire Diaries pilot like the whole thing is at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually they're just like never at school anymore. Yeah. I don't remember anything they did at school in that show. They had class with Alaric. Yeah, the yeah. first oh, season yeah. there's History? school stuff. There's but, always dances. But like I and you know typically it's y'all setting the scene right because that's that's how the show works. I say here's the thing that happened. What do you all do? And so I think that in the beginning in those first few episodes in particular, I was maybe driving that those scenes a little bit more. 
And I think their high school students, like setting things at school is just like what is the easiest place to go. It's the thing that makes sense. But I think now that we've kind of established the world a little bit, it's a little easier to move outside of those boundaries mm-hmm. to the point where like, I think we can just use school when it's useful. You know, like yeah. if you want to have a conversation in the cafeteria, then that's where you are. Or like in the halls or On like a, a teacher trip. pulls you aside. <laughs> I guess Coach Sheehan was a social antagonist. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> look what happened to him. Yeah, look what happened to him. Watch yourself, NPCs in our game. I think there's going to be some stuff with Zeke and his dad and their relationship that's going to change in the coming season. Ooh, you think that or you know it? I do think that, yeah. Mm. What do you think is going to change? I think think Zeke is going to start to see Jeff in a light that he hasn't before because I think Zeke is starting to realize some things about his dad. Oh, but... Beloved character. The snacks. The snacks. I'll give you snacks, Penny. Oh, okay. That'll be our, our bonding <laughs> yeah. for season two. You're like, Get More Penny snack. eating. That's yeah. what I want to see for season two. Angela just takes up baking and just bakes a bunch of snacks all the time. That's such a good character choice, though. Like, that's such a... I don't want to call it an easy character choice because that sounds dismissive and that's not how I mean it. But, like, that's such a good go-to back pocket character choice of, like, Penny's uncomfortable. She's going to start eating whatever's mm-hmm. available. Like, that's great. Well, and it's like... It's just, it's always someone doing a nice thing, like an offering, and like she doesn't really get that at home and doesn't have a ton of happy family memories. So like anyone that's like, I have this food, they're like, she's like, oh, that's very nice. Yes, I will eat it. <laughs> and also, she's probably hungry. I don't know. Food mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Being psychic, you know, it, it Works really- Works up an appetite. Yeah, really uh, accelerates your metabolism. You got to eat a lot. Yeah. Like the flash. Brain fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I like Sailor Moon so much because Usagi loves to, so nap, much. loves to eat. Yeah. Loves to cry. Okay. Loves to cry. I'm like, don't we all? Yeah. It, I'm tired from crying so much. Yeah. Like she's a great character. So we uh, we are planning to do some other Powered by Apocalypse tabletop RPG, probably one-off sessions for our Patreon, patreon.com slash chillhavenhigh. And one of the ones that we've been looking at is explicitly like a magical Sailor Scout one. I'd be a Sailor Scout as Angela. If you want to, yeah, because we we've been talking about maybe doing them in character. Zeke uh, very explicitly has a Sailor Uranus cosplay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we've been talking about because we've been looking at a wrestling one too, and what we've been talking about is like it's not that like it's Zeke, Angela, and Penny playing a tabletop RPG. It's that it would be Zeke, Angela, and Penny, and now they're wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, and now they're Sailor Scouts. Yeah. Now they're, you know, fantasy dungeon adventurers, whatever. Right. Like that one episode of news radio where they're on a spaceship. Yeah. They said to no one. Like a what no if, like a what if, like a what if Marvel comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, the parents. So I definitely uh, think that <laughs> I've got a feeling that y'all's parents are going to be playing probably a bigger role going forward. Because I want that Riverdale energy, right? Like all their parents are around all the time and basically operate kind of like equals, weirdly. Yeah, they, but, and also they do a bunch of corrupt shit together. Yeah. Like, they bring the drama. Yeah. We need to like bring in some of that dark Riverdale energy and it starts with the parents. I've got big plans. Yeah. Yeah. But again, we'll see what fucking happens when the game starts. <laughs> okay. Bold out of left field predictions. What's the monster going to be? Loch Ness Monster. The... Ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. The... The Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster. 
has come to Chillhaven. Yes. Nessie, new student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has a wig on. Yeah. And we're like, something is just not quite right about Get that exchange Nessie. Yeah. Okay, well, hold on. Got to deliver the notes. <laughs> uh, we spent a whole 25 episodes trying to figure out <laughs> that this is actually just a Loch Ness Monster in a way. Do we... So is... Uh, how do y'all feel about like dramatic irony in the show like do you, I, and I don't think this is something that really was necessary in the first arc but like how do y'all feel about finding that balance between like okay here's something that I have figured out as the player but the character probably wouldn't have figured it out yet like say a Nessie in the wig like how do you how do you walk that line like should you walk that line like if James knows something should Zeke also have figured it out or I think that for me personally just because Zeke has a high sharp skill and he's good at investigating and noticing things so I think that would be in character for him I think Angela would have to uh, find out because I feel like she probably wouldn't know I mean she's just a human she's like figuring out all this supernatural stuff I mean I guess you all are too but you kind of have more experience with it but I feel like because me Megan knows something I don't think Angela should. Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, I feel like Penny doesn't have a ton of social awareness, but she's very in tune with all the spooky, so. I also, though, rarely feel like I have stuff figured out. So, <laughs> until it's been, like, explicitly stated or on a roll or something. I'm thinking of Angela's particularly uh, when Sa- the corpse of Saber full of robots was rolling by on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> you cracked your window open and went... Hey girl! <laughs> I hate I hate that. <laughs> you it's were on so drugs. funny and it's so in character. Drugs. It was really fucking funny. I so now we all live together and we listen to the episodes once they're done being edited. We didn't mention that by the way. We're all in a room together for the first well, no, we've been in a room together. We're all recording in a room together for the first time ever because we all live together now. Yay! Guess what? This is Chill Haven now, baby. <laughs> That's right. Chill Haven jurisdiction. But I have to leave the room sometimes because it's just, I can't listen to my voice. And especially that scene. (laughs) I hate to listen to it. Well, I love to listen to it. And I hope you all do too. (laughs) Whenever Angela's speaking, if y'all could just fast forward. Hit that 10 second forward button. (laughs) You'll get the rest from context clues. It'll be fine. It's embarrassing. Best bold guess. Next monster. What is it? Evil parent. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like James hinted that he wants to be his dad, but we'll see. I don't think he's going to be the monster of the week. Could be. <laughs> we don't know. Or he's the big baddie at the end. Nah, I don't think that either. <laughs> or my dad, Bart. Yeah. We don't know what he's up to. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely something that happens, though, You know, as you get older that you start to see the cracks in like your idealized view of who your parents are and start to see that maybe they're not always right or always good or like always courageous. Like, I think that's kind of what you were talking about with Jeff is he's going to start to see those, those chinks in Jeff's armor. Yeah, exactly. James, what's your bold guess? The boogeyman. The literal, much like Loch Ness Monster, the actual boogeyman. Yeah. Wow. Who, who, who are they? You know, what are their powers? What are their weaknesses? We're not going to fucking know. It's just going to be scary as hell. I love that you went right to they, them pronouns for the boogeyman. <laughs> Consider it. Listen, it's a, it might be just be a title, not a name. I don't know. It's an honorific. Yeah. <laughs> First name, the last name, boogeyman. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> 
Is the boogeyman, like, when you think of the boogeyman, does it look like the one from Nightmare Before Christmas? Like, what does your head go to? Oogie boogie. So, speaking of another, since you brought it up, Disney Channel original movie, um, there's a movie called Don't Look Under the Bed that James and I watched during quarantine, because Disney Plus. Did we watch it? Okay, well, I watched it. I don't think I, I watched think it. I think you were physically present, but... Um, <laughs> I would have a... watched it if I was there. I don't think I was there. No, I think we did. It doesn't matter. But there's Boogeyman, and they kind of just look like a person who turned into, like, scary troll, pointy teeth, mm-hmm. sharp nails, crazy hair. Is that what you think of? Is that what your mind goes to? Mm-hmm. It was I, real spooky. I think of the Boogeyman from Powerpuff Girls. What Who's that? He is blue. He's kind of wrinkly. He wears a leisure suit and loves disco music. And he wants to block out the sun oh because mon- he can. He and the other monsters can only come out at night. So he wants to block out the sun so that it's night forever and they can have a disco party. Oh forever. yeah. He's a literal boogeyman. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's so funny. That's silly. Yeah. We should watch the Powerpuff Girls. I love the Powerpuff Show kicks Girls. Ass. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking of a boogie. A blue boogeyman. I was thinking Howie Mandel from Little Monsters. Ah, mm-hmm. When I think about somebody's under my bed, I'm thinking about Howie Mandel from Little Monsters. <laughs> I just think about Howie Mandel. <laughs> yeah. No deal, bud. It's been a great first season. Here's a toast to my, my beautiful colleagues. Plink. Wow, heartfelt and sincere. <laughs> I know. How do y'all feel about how, how the edit came out? Not, not, I don't want to say it like that because that sounds like I'm fishing for compliments. How do y'all? Well, you do such a good job. <laughs> Thank you, you are the so best. much. I do eat compliments for food. No, like what? It's it's been a long time since we recorded those those episodes. Like going back and listening to it, like the the way the show kind of emerged. Which I gotta honestly like James's music and sound design is so fucking good. I feel like it makes me self conscious because I just feel like the show's not good enough for how well it like how good it sounds. If that makes sense. Oh. That's not true. Shucks. Because I think the show's really good, but it makes me it makes me anxious of like, oh shit, now we have to live up to like how good all like how professional <laughs> this shit sounds. But like what I I mean, it, the, in its final form, like, did y'all have a vision for what it was gonna sound like or I mean, we've done podcasts before together, so mm-hmm. I think that I know your level of editing, I guess. Never well, you've gotten better. Yeah, I mean, not just the editing, but like just how the the thing ended up. I didn't like, think it was gonna sound as good as it sounded. Like the music, especially in the last episode, I I I think it's great. I, I will toot my own horn on that freaking montage music. I think I nailed that. It was yeah, so good. so good. But Saber's theme is so beautiful. I really love that song. It came out really, really well. Thank you so much. I, every single song on the show takes a maximum of like two to three hours <laughs> to to write and finish. We should release Chill Haven album. <laughs> yeah. On Bandcamp? Yeah. I, do, I do have it all saved. Or we can just, uh, that could be a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, like a zip file of it. Yeah. You can like clip it for ringtones. Yeah. Well, one of them is a ringtone. Well, we probably shouldn't put that one on there because that's just creep by radio <laughs> it's a parody it's a parody of creep by radio yeah well yeah even some of your other songs where it's just like you're parodying songs like you're you have like that cat stevens parody that's in the show and the bad day one yeah or the bad day one yeah you got a big frown so good <laughs> yeah i'm excited y'all i'm a, i'm i'm happy to be doing this like i'm happy to be like with y'all in front of microphones again I'm really happy to be like in the room together doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to uh, to start recording the show again. I can't wait. Same. Yeah, I'm excited. 
excited to tackle this next monster. Yeah, me too. Whatever it may be. It's, I mean, it was the fucking Loch Ness Monster, so now I have to rewrite the whole thing. God damn it. It was the Loch Ness Monster in an emo wig. <laughs> <laughs> you can picture it though, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Nessie. She's like, no one even knows that I exist. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm N- N- Nestor. <laughs> Should we talk about the lost episodes? I think we can, unless you want to bring that monster back at some I point. Don't it was idiotic. Well, you. Uh, <laughs> they also already told us what it was. Yeah, yeah that's true. we'll never. We were never going to guess it. We recorded roughly three recording sessions of a second story arc that got eaten up. Pro tip for anybody out there: if your computer screen ever goes dead and you send your computer to the manufacturer. Build a time machine and go back in time to before your screen broke and back up your laptop because they will wipe your hard drive. (laughs) Gang, back up your laptops. Back up your hard drives. Yeah, so that got all slurped up. I don't feel too badly about it. A, because we recorded those in the past, and that's Passville. I don't care what happens to them. B, in retrospect, so the monster that I came up with for the second story arc was a weather balloon with a Nosferatu head in it. That floated around and sucked people's blood out into the sky. <laughs> Why would, how would we ever have guessed that? It was, I feel like we, we were, were close. Yeah. You don't guess. Did we say a weather balloon? Um, no, yes. my yeah. best guess was um, a million tiny miniature vampires. Leeches. Like a swarm of mini vampires. But we had the weather balloon information because we had seen Vampire Jerry the Vampire Expert and we met the ufologist and Vampire Jerry said, yes, it's definitely a vampire. And the ufologist said... Like, what are you trying to scam me? This is a goddamn weather balloon. <laughs> so we could have put two and two together. But like, why would we have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the game isn't everyone guess until they figure out what the monster is. You you investigate and you do rolls and then I give you information. Yeah, we would have figured it out when we ran into it and went, oh my God, the blood is all going up into that weather balloon. Is there a head inside it? <laughs> yeah. We just needed to offer someone a sacrifice. Carlos. Carlos, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So you'll never hear any of that because it does not... Well, you could ostensibly listen to just me and my unedited <laughs> side of the recording. Uh, so look for that on Patreon. <laughs> Top quality content. That's exactly what May wants. Just their voice for yeah. 35 minutes. And right? no one else. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Well... Uh, I love y'all. You're all wonderful and talented. We love you and too. And funny. And I'm so glad to be doing the show with you. And I can't freaking wait to start putting out some brand spanking new episodes and just living in Chillhaven once more. Frick, yeah. Are we dancing? Are you imagining the music in your head and dancing to it? Like the mm-hmm. theme music coming I'm in dancing. right now? Bing, bing. Uh, James, should we, should the, should these, at, sorry, what is this called again? Chill. I wrote it down. Vibes. Chill, uh, chill hour. Chill, chill sesh. Chill sesh. Chill sesh. Should we have a specific chill sesh theme song for when we do these behind the scenes episodes? Oh, yeah, just I could like do untucked. That. Just like untucked. Maybe just like a chiller version of our main theme. Yeah. So we need more drama then. Yeah, we need, it needs to sound like my favorite genre, chill hop. Yes. A lot of James's stuff does sound like yeah, so it's, it's very true. deliberate. Chill hop, chill sesh, chill haven. Um, wow, chill vibes. Because I think we can do this probably at the end of every monster. We should do one Recap. of these, right? Like, A reunion yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, do you have the tape? <laughs> can we do? This is off topic. Um, 
our characters as real housewives. A real oh housewives tabletop RPG. I am just a housewife. <laughs> like Angela's ready for this. If that doesn't exist, we'll make it. Perfect. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. If there isn't a real housewives tabletop RPG, whether it's powered by apocalypse or not, if that doesn't exist, I will make it. Yeah. Because that's really funny. Look for that on Patreon yeah. for real. We <laughs> exactly. will make that. <laughs> all right, y'all. Uh, so, I don't know what to say because we all live together. So we're just going to continue. To see each other in the kitchen. Seeing each other in this, in the, uh, just a different room in this apartment. But um, I guess to the listener, goodbye. I don't know how to wow, end this. Wow, that was. How do I end this? Oh my God. So you don't know how you do those like in the middle recordings um for the podcast where you're like hello little snow bunny <laughs> and you just do something like that because you just said to the listener goodbye little snow bunnies like, uh goodbye snow bunnies <laughs> we love you we love you don't get run over by a snowmobile no. I said, don't get run over by a snowmobile. Well, now they're thinking about it. Yeah. Don't, little snow bunnies, don't think about the snowmobiles. Horrible grinding gears slurping up your little bunny bodies. Oh my God. Because they can't see you because your, your fur is so snow white. It's the same color as the snow. And that normally that protects you from predators, but this predator is an accidental predator and nothing can protect you from that. Okay. Anyway, see ya. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Peace out.